0: Well, good morning, Citygate Church, and all of our online guests today. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to Psalm 103. It's a great psalm. A lot of Christians know this psalm. A lot of people are familiar with this psalm because the first five verses just explode. Listen to this from from um, our psalmist here, David. He says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." His cry comes out of him. "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything in me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits." who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What an amazing start to a psalm. He's overflowing here. Today I want to speak to us about do not forget. Forget not is what this Bible says, what this verse says. Forget not all the benefits of God. I'm going to be encouraging us today with things in our lives that we must not forget. For us to live a healthy Christian life, we've got to remember certain things. And we've got to keep those stirred up in our minds, stirred up in our hearts, stirred up in our faith. So we're going to be spending the next couple of Sundays today and also uh, next Sunday just going through half a dozen things that is good to not forget but before we get into that I want to encourage us today he starts off with this great cry out of his heart and he's actually speaking to himself he's saying bless the Lord oh my soul he's speaking to his feelings He's speaking to his emotions. He's speaking to what's going on on the inside of him. And I'm sure I can speak for all of us at this time that there's a whole load of feelings going on. Um, there's, There's all sorts of things we're having to handle, having to experience that we've never experienced before. You know, I'm sure I can speak for all of us. I can't wait to get back to seeing people and to having conversations. And I'm not known as a a great hugger, but I can't wait to give some people a hug and say, great to see you again. And you know, a Zoom call is one thing, uh, You know, but we're all getting pretty Zoomed out right now. But a Zoom call is one thing, but to be physically with people is something that is really, really important. And I'm feeling all sorts of things. I'm sure you're feeling all sorts of things right now. But you know what? one of the strongest and the greatest keys to life is this to learn how to speak to yourself And here David is speaking to himself. He's saying, no matter how you're feeling at the moment, come on feelings, get in line with God's word. Come on emotions, get in line with God's word. Get in line with what is the right response right now. And that is to give God the glory that is due to his name. Come on, stir up that praise and worship on the inside of you. It's great as a church to be praising together online, perhaps to put on your favorite praise CD or download and to jump and to dance and to shout and to clap and perhaps some of us have grown into the place where we're not as stirred as we were before well i want to encourage you to speak to yourself right now and every day this week and say come on melfi Bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything that is within me. Come on, let's put some energy into praise and worship. Let's lift our hands. Let's raise a shout. Let's exalt the name which is above every name. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, healer. Savior, provider, our God is a good God and he deserves all the praise that we can pour out on him right now. And this is what David is doing. He's starting off saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, everything in me. Come on, praise him, give him the glory due to his name. What a great way to start a psalm. He goes on and he talks about forgiveness. He talks about healing, which is obviously really important at this time. It's important at any time, but especially as we come out the other side of what's going on around the world right now with the coronavirus. Our God is a healing God. In the midst of sickness, our God is a compassionate and healing God. With everything that he's talking about, he talks about, you know, actually getting younger every day. That's something I'm believing God for. While the outward man perishes, the Bible says, gets older. Gravity takes its, you know, takes its, its, its um, course in our lives. Um, but on the inside, a person can, you know, can be refreshed and can be renewed on a daily basis. These are great promises from this Psalm 103. But I want to go through six things over the next couple of weeks. Six great things which I want to encourage us, do not forget these things. You know, to keep them constantly in your mind. Keep your faith constantly on these six or seven things that we're going to be talking through. The first one can be found in the book of Philippians, which is in the New Testament, chapter 1, verses 5 to 6, but I'm just going to come in at at verse 6. It says this, It says, being really confident of this. This is the Apostle Paul praying and speaking. He says, being confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. The first promise today that I want us to remember is this. God will complete the good work that he's begun in your and in my life. God is a finisher. He's not just a starter. I'm so glad that he didn't just start some things and then not finish them. You know what? He's finished everything he's started. Some things are still carrying on, obviously, but he is a finisher. You know, I can be a little bit in... I'm impulsive sometimes, I can start something, I can, you know, think of something with great energy, and then when the effort starts to get into it, it's a bit like people who get the gym membership, you know, every January, gym memberships go through the roof, people think, you know what, I'm going to get fit this year, I'm going to start a fitness regime, I'm going to start to exercise, I'm going to start to run. And, you know, and they get the gym membership and they go down the gym and they start to, to, you know, to do the weights and energy is sort of flowing and excitement and zeal. But then in February and in March and then in April and then perhaps they go on holiday in June, July, August, one of the, you know, a couple of weeks away. And then when they come back, they're all relaxed and it's like, oh, and you know what? They don't quite finish what they start out to achieve. I don't know about you, I can be a little bit like that with things. If you go down to my garage, there's things I've started that I've not yet finished. Some things have taken me years to get to where I am, you know, and they're not finished yet. I've, you know, I've done some things around the house. We put an extension on the house and, you know, put in a kitchen and we've done different things. And some things I started and it took a long time and a loving wife to finish. (laughs) It's easy to start something. But you know what? The promise of God today for your and my life is this. That which God starts, God is going to finish it. He's going to accomplish everything he sets out to accomplish in our lives. Now, we're all on a journey. Life doesn't happen all in a moment. It's a lifelong journey and actually going on into eternity. And God has started so much. The day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, in fact, even before that, God was at work in your life. He was at work in our lives. And everything he started, he is committed to finishing. He's only going to finish that which he starts. He's not going to finish something which somebody else starts. And I think sometimes there are some things in our lives which perhaps I start. I don't know, perhaps I'll speak for myself. Perhaps I start and it wasn't overly God's will. And I can be praying about it. Oh God, will you do this? And God, will you do that? Will you break through? And I believe I receive. And actually God didn't start it in the first place. Ouch. So perhaps those things are not really going to come to pass because God's not going to finish that which he didn't start. But the things that God starts in our lives, the things that are by faith, the things that are from grace, the things are from his word, from the Bible in our lives. He is committed to fulfilling and completing in our lives. What a great way to start our week, to know that God is on our case and he is going to complete that which he started in our lives. Okay, the second thing that we're going to see today of uh, a great promise to not forget is this. From 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, it says this, No temptation has overtaken you, except that which is common to man, which everybody experiences. But God is faithful. I spoke on that the other week. God is faithful. Who, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able to bear. But with the temptation... He will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it, that you may be able to overcome it. Now, that word to be tempted is a Greek word which actually means to be tempted or tested or tried. It's the same words that is there, um, um, however it's translated, tempted, tested, or tried. So I'm going to just go through that again. No trial, no testing. No temptation has come upon you other than that which is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted or tested or trial. Or to go through a trial. The Bible talks about a trial of fire or a trial of a flood, when you go through something that is not pleasant, but you come out the other side refined by the fire, or you go through a situation and you come out stronger. But the promise of God for us today, which I want to say, guys, do not forget. Friends, do not forget this, and it's this. There is a hedge of protection around your life, and God will only allow things through that. It's like a filter. God will only allow things through that filter and into our experience If he's already given us the strength and the authority and the faith and the grace to overcome it and to come out stronger. Now, for some people at the moment, you know, I know personally some people that are going through horrendous situations. Perhaps there's been bereavement. Perhaps there's been financial hardship. And these things are really tough to go through. And you know what? I actually don't believe and I want to be really careful with this, but I I. I do have to make a point you know I've heard so many Christians say God is in control well if God was in control there would be no sickness on this earth why because Jesus died for healing if God was in control there would be no sin because sin grieves the heart of God and if God was in control he'd see to it that nobody sinned you know what if God was in control there'd be no abuse there would be no famine There would be no earthquakes, there would be no tsunamis, there would be no no disasters. Why? Because God, if God was in control, our God is a good God. But the thing that we need to understand today is that, uh, and this may upset some people, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but I want to say this. God is not in control, but God is in authority. You see, there's a huge difference between being in control and in authority. If God was in control, there would be no free will. But God has given mankind free will. He's given us every day the choices that we make. He's given us opportunities to believe in him and to trust in him or to go our own way. You see, God does not control this world. He doesn't control your life. He doesn't control the future. He doesn't control the environment. But what he does do is he gives us promises. He gives us his word and he gives us his power and says, you know what? If you follow my word, if you follow my way, if you walk in my footsteps, I'll see to it that you can. Come out the other side on top in authority and in the victory. You see, God may not be in control, but there certainly is a filter around our lives where God says, you know what? I've given you my promises. I've given you my word. I've given you a spirit of faith. I've given you joy. I've given you compassion. I've given you all these things to be able to be an overcomer in life but I'm going to be gracious and I'm going to put a hedge of protection around your life and only things that you are already bigger and stronger and greater than those things will ever get through to your life. You see, when the teenager David went after Goliath, um, he only went after Goliath because he was already bigger than Goliath. Otherwise, that situation would never have happened. You see, he said, I've already killed a lion. I've killed a bear. And now this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like one of those. Why? Because he was already bigger than Goliath on the inside. Goliath may have looked eight foot tall, but on the inside, you see, David was already stronger on the inside. Again, the promise of God. God will not allow you to be tempted tested or tried more than you are already able to handle it. And I want to encourage you today, friend, perhaps you, you are experiencing things and you think, I don't know how I'm ever going to go through this. I want to encourage you today, friend, you will come out the other side. Perhaps you're going through the fire right now, you will come out the fire and you will not be burned. Perhaps you feel like you're going through a flood right now, you'll come out the other side of the flood and you will not be drowned. You are already able to handle whatever it is you're going through, through the grace of God and through the power of God and through the promise of God, you will come out the other side. Why? Because God will not allow you to be tempted, tested or tried more than that which you can bear. Isn't that a wonderful promise for this Sunday morning? The third thing that I would like us to not forget as we go through life is this... And it's found in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. And I love this passage of Scripture. In fact, a lot of these are my favourite passages of Scripture. You just have to forgive me of for being a bit, a, a bit self-indulgent in this message today. But here we are over in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. It says this. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. That's quite a strong way to start. He's saying, I want you to understand this and get this really straight in your thinking. Why? Because a lot of people don't perhaps understand this and we'll find out what it is as I read it. It says, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap abundant everlasting life. That is a fantastic promise for our eternity, but I want to bring that into the here and now. It's saying, come on guys, don't be deceived. You've got to understand this. What harvest you have in your life is because that's the seed that has been sown. You know what, if I want her to get oranges... I don't sow an apple seed. I sow an orange seed, I grow an orange tree and I get oranges off it. If I want to, you know, to have an apple, I don't sow lemon seed. Okay? If I want an apple, I've got to sow apple seed. And of course, we all understand that our God is an almighty God and he can come in and he can create an apple tree. He can do that. But you know what? He only did that in the Garden of Eden. Ever since then... The seed is in, the, in that first tree to be sown to produce another tree. And absolutely, there are times in our lives when God wants to come in and he wants to create something. He wants to bring a breakthrough. He wants to be the God of the breakthrough. But Ba'al-peretzim, he's called in the Old Testament, the Lord of the breakthrough. He wants to come in and he wants to do something as a sign, as a wonder, something amazing. But actually, how he wants us to live our lives, this is really important, and that is this, that we sow seed to reap the harvest that we can see from God's word. You see, some Christians live like this. They get up every day, God, I want a miracle. God, you're the God of miracles, and I want a miracle. And we know God is a God of miracles. He will come in, in his power and by his grace, and he'll perform a miracle. But the far greater and healthier way to live is this that we get up in the morning and say what seeds am I going to sow today to reap the harvest that I can see in God's word see whatever a man sows that is what he's going to reap sowing in order to reap a harvest is how the whole kingdom of God works The Bible says that's how the kingdom works. I believe that's how healing works. That's how provision works. For us to live a life of sowing seed today to reap a harvest tomorrow. What a great promise. Do not forget this. This is what the psalmist is saying. Do not forget. All the benefits of God. Don't forget that God's going to complete the work that he begun in you. Don't forget that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can bear. And do not forget that whatever you sow in life, that you're also going to reap. Perhaps you can identify some crops that you don't want. Well, it's time to change what you sow. Perhaps it's time to change the words that you speak because words are seeds. Perhaps it's, you know... Time to change how you spend your finances because finance is a seed. I can't believe God for financial abundance and yet I don't sow seeds of generosity into the church or the lives of other people. Sowing seed in order to reap a harvest is how God wants us to live. Perhaps I need joy in my life. Well, how about I sow the seeds of joy into somebody else's life? How about I send that text or have that Zoom call and encourage somebody else because what I sow is gonna be what I reap. Perhaps I need healing in my body right now well of course there's the promises of God who heals all your diseases that is still the promise of God today in the name of Jesus but perhaps I need healing in my body today well you know what perhaps it's time for me to pray for healing in somebody else's life for what I sow into somebody else's experience is what I'm going to reap in my own life what wonderful promises there are from God And as we close today, the fourth promise that we're going to go through today is found in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. It says this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I think that's a very pertinent verse for right now. It can seem as if the enemy has come in like a flood. Uh, However you understand that, he's come in like a flood. The Lord will raise a standards or the enemy comes in like a flood. Whichever way you understand it, it seems very clear to me that the enemy has come in. I want to say it loud and clear without upsetting anybody. God Almighty did not send and hasn't had anything to do with the coronavirus that has invaded the planet at this time. It's not the will of God. It's not the plan of God. I don't know what you've heard about God. Perhaps you think, you know, if there's a God, why is there so much hard, you know, hardship? Why is there a coronavirus? Well, I've already explained today, God's not in control. But God is a compassionate God. But there are times when the enemy seems to want to come in and sometimes he does come in like a flood. Perhaps he does come in and seem to want to overwhelm our lives or our circumstances or the economy of the nation or the health of a family. Perhaps it's as if the enemy has come in and just wanted to bring destruction. Well, I want to encourage you today, friend. We have got a promise that I do not want you to forget. Even in the middle of our circumstances right now, God has the victory and I believe God has the last word as well. And the promise of God is this, when the enemy comes in, like a flood the spirit of God the power of God the anointing of the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against the enemy and he will defeat the enemy and bring us out in the victory that is the promise of God for us today I want to encourage you friend that if you're a believer today if you said yes to Jesus Christ to put your faith in him that what he started he is going to accomplish he's going to complete the work that he's begun in us. We can sow our way in and out of anything. These are wonderful promises. There's a hedge of protection around our lives. There's a filter that he will not allow us to be tempted, tested or tried beyond that which we can bear. And that even when the enemy seems to want to come in, come on, our God's got the victory. Jesus Christ was crucified and raised from the dead and all authority is in the name of Jesus Christ. And we can raise up, in fact, the spirit of God will raise up a standard to stand and resist. Resist the enemy on our behalf. I want to encourage you today, friend, that as we head into this week, we can walk in the footsteps of God, we can keep in step with Him, and we can see God's will and God's purposes and plans come to pass in our lives. But today, friend, perhaps I'm speaking to somebody today who's never said yes to Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're asking this question now, what do you mean say yes to Jesus? What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord, for Jesus to be Savior? I believe he's a religious figure, perhaps he was a prophet. But you know what, friend, he's far more than that. The Bible says he's King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. The Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Have eternal life with God in heaven. There is a heaven. The Bible also speaks about an eternity away from God which is unthinkable. God loves you so much he wants you in his family. He wants to spend eternity with you. And the Bible says somebody asked how do I do that? How do I, you know, how do I spend eternity with God in heaven? As it says in the Bible in John chapter 3. You must be born again. You must be born again. You've got to have a brand new start in life. That's not just trying to turn over a new leaf like getting a new gym membership. It's saying, Jesus, from this day forwards, I want you to come into my life. The Bible says he stands at the, at the door of our heart and he knocks. And whoever opens the door, he will come in and do life with us. He doesn't want to be a God out there. He wants to be a God in here. He doesn't want to be a saviour, just a religious figure in a a stained glass and in a a church wall. He wants to be a saviour on the inside of us. He wants to come in because he loves us so very, very much. I gave my life to Jesus on October the 8th, 1984, in a service at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. And today is an opportunity, if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, it's your opportunity to say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life to be my Lord, my Savior, my friend. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer right now. We do this every week, but it's a very important prayer to pray. It's not about the exact form of the words. It's about praying from our heart and saying, Jesus, I want you to, to come into my life. I'm opening up the door of my heart for you to be my Lord and my Savior and my friend, to be my God. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Whether you've prayed it a hundred times, it'd be great for us all to pray it again. But, But specifically those who are coming back to God this week, perhaps you've been away from God for a long time. Perhaps you've been through something. Perhaps you just turned your back on Him. Perhaps you got bored. I don't know what was going on. Not bored with God, but bored with, I don't know, life. And perhaps, you know, you just were dealt a bad hand. But today I want to encourage you to come back to God. Why don't you pray this prayer as well? Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love. You sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross to give me eternal, abundant life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived without you. And from this day forwards, through the help of your power and your grace, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. So friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, I can confidently say from the authority of the Bible that if you've prayed from your heart and you've, you've asked the Lord Jesus into your heart, you're now a Christian. You now have eternal life. God is your heavenly Father which means you're starting a whole new experience of life, life with God and not without Him. There's going to be some next steps. It'll be great for you to get a Bible and to, you know, to be involved with, with a church. Perhaps you've got a church in your area. I know we're all online at the moment, but perhaps you're not from the Bromley area or the Southeast London area, but I'd encourage you to find a great church. But um, just, just to everybody this week, you know what? As we've started this week, let's go on in victory. Let's go on in faith. Let's stir ourselves up on a daily basis. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and everything that is within me. Bless his holy name. God bless you this week. Have an amazing week. Try and help to make somebody else's life great. Do everything you can to love people and to demonstrate the goodness and the compassion of God everywhere we go. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.